Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round me, you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Uh, the Nets strategy. We'll see if the Nets continue the same strategy, but the Nets strategy in this game uh, was a good thought. You know, I'll give it to you, Jock Vaughn. It was a good thought. It's what you should do to try to beat the Sixers. You don't have a chance at beating the Sixers at all. Let's be honest, because Joel Embiid is so dominant and so uh, the gravity that he draws from a defense is just so insane. Uh, there's really nothing you can do. You can't guard him one-on-one. You know that. You saw a specific play uh, where Joel ended up with Nick Claxton on him under the rim. I think it only happened one time in the game, and I was was on the live stream just saying, automatic bucket, you might as well just, you know, like an intentional walk in baseball. If you could just point to the official and say, okay, you got us, give him the point. You know, Nick Claxton, seven feet tall, but he's a beanpole. Joel just... Drop step, I mean, square on 2K, move him right out of the way, easy layup, it's a bucket. So you can't guard him one-on-one. You can't even really slow him down with two players. You, you got to try to throw it. You got to try to throw three players at him, really, and that's what the Nets were doing. That was their strategy. We're going to throw everybody at Joel. We're going to bring blindside doubles. We're going to do everything we can to get the ball out of his hands. But for the first time, I feel like, For the first time in Joel Embiid's eight-year career, he has players on the perimeter that can actually make teams pay when they throw the kitchen sink at him. I personally went on Fox Bet. I put $10 on a Joel Embiid triple-double. Would have paid out 1000 bucks. Didn't happen, but it could happen. And I just told my girlfriend earlier, I'm putting $10 on a Joel Embiid triple-double every game of this series. Because it could happen because the the Brooklyn Nets strategy is just triple team Joel and make him pass the ball. So if he's passing the ball a lot, I think he could maybe squeak out one of those one of those ten assist games. We'll see. Uh, I'm willing to put ten bucks up every game to try to win a thousand on that. Uh, but yeah, that's the Nets strategy, and it didn't work because the Sixers finally have perimeter players who can make plays and pay, and make a team pay for doubling, tripling, throwing the kitchen sink at Joel Embiid. And that's why I don't like when people say. Joel hasn't been able to get them to the second round. Is he really a superstar? He hasn't been able to get them past the second round. He needs to get them past the second round. It's not like a player. It's not like a small forward. It's not like a ball-dominant perimeter player leading a team. It's not like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. This is a center. He scores all of his points in the paint. 
He, he, he has a mid-range game, yes. He can shoot threes, yes. But realistically, he's a center. And if teams succeed at throwing doubles and triples at him and you got Ben Simmons on the, on the perimeter, you got Jimmy Butler who shoots 25% from three, you got Al Horford out there. You know what I mean? That was the, those were the worst space teams ever. And they could dominate in the regular season because Joel is that good. But when it came to the playoffs and it came to teams like the like the Toronto Raptors at the time with Marcus Gasol and all those guys, they could double, triple team him and take him out of the game because they couldn't spread the floor. You had a point guard who won't shoot. Joel finally, for the first time in his eight-year career, has players on the perimeter that can make a team pay for doubling and tripling. And you saw it last night. You saw it yesterday. They had 13 three-pointers in the first half. That's the most first-half three-pointers by the Sixers since 2002. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe the Nets switch it up and now try to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's fan out a little bit. Let's lessen the doubles on Joel. And then Joel's going to have a 55-point quadruple-double. There's nothing they can do. It's over. It's over. It doesn't matter what they do. Joel's going for 50, or they're doubling and tripling. And Harden's going for 21 and 13. Uh, Maxie's going for 20. Tobias Harris, nothing they can do. It's over. It's over. I thought the Sixers team defense was great. I thought the rotations were great. The switches, everybody was giving 110% effort. I thought the communication was great. I, I really didn't see a lot of a lot of lapses in defense. Uh, what's next? Doc Rivers lineups. Doc Rivers lineups. Doc Rivers' lineups in this game were perfect. They were perfect. And again, I don't want to make this sound like this is some kind of genius thing. I do like what he started doing towards the end of the season, which is take Harden off the floor first. Then you got that lineup of Maxie and Embiid with a couple of bench players, Jalen McDaniels, uh, George Niang, and so on. And they run like the end of the first quarter. And then Harden comes in the second quarter with that Black Air Force One lineup. You know what it is. Paul Reed, Daniel House Jr., uh, Jalen McDaniels is in there. Sometimes DeAnthony Melton, George Niang is in there. George Niang got into foul trouble and Daniel House Jr. got in the game. I don't know if House will get uh, much playoff run, but when Niang gets in early foul trouble, uh, Daniel House is the guy that slides in there. So I like that rotation of Maxian and Embiid with the bench at the end of the first quarter. And then the second quarter, he goes hard in with the bench lineup because I think Paul Reed is a perfect rim running center for James Harden to play with. And I like watching them together and uh, he staggered him back and forth. You know, that's why shake Milton didn't play at all. And I think I I've said that throughout the season. I think that's kind of the, the key uh, is having one of Maxi or Harden on the floor at all times. Um, and you, you know, in the Maxi lineups where Harden's not out there, you're relying on Tyrese Maxi's facilitating ability. And I think he did a decent job in this game. Uh, the Nets did not have good defense uh, in the game pretty much whatsoever. And in the fourth quarter, they got smoked. There was a play in the third or the fourth where Maxi brings the ball up, calls his own play. He went like this. I don't know what this means, but this is the play that he called. He gives the ball to, to, uh, DeAnthony Melton comes off a pin down screen up. Maxi gives him the ball. Melton then drives baseline and kicks it back to Maxi. And it ended up two defenders on DeAnthony Melton. Maxi was wide open. And when Maxi's wide open, what is it? It's a layup. Maxi's Maxi's automatic from three at this point. Maxi's automatic from three. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I see him wide open. I'm like, that's going in. 
and I'm loving it, and I hope Maxie can keep up uh, that level of play. But, yeah, I thought Doc Rivers' lineups were perfect. He didn't do anything insane. Just do the right thing, Doc. Just, do, just, don't, just don't overcomplicate the game. Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Play Paul Rita back up center. George Niang's in there. He was three for five in this game, two for four from three. When he's making shots, he's valuable. He even had a play where he he jab stepped, drove to the rim, and hit a little fadeaway in the paint. I, I you know, Royce O'Neal and those guys <laughs> should should be a little bit embarrassed that George Niang's get hitting you with a triple threat. But if George is having a good game, he's valuable. If he's going over, then I think you got to adjust mid game and play Daniel House Jr. We'll see if Niang maybe has a bad game and Doc adjusts in the middle of the game. I don't know, but I did like his lineups. I think this is the way. I think this is the way to be the most competitive. You know, it sucks for Shake Milton that he doesn't really have uh, a role in the playoffs. We'll see if Doc plays him or not. But, um, yeah, I thought his lineups were great. Uh, Again, Joel Embiid was... If you look at the box score, you know, people that didn't watch the game, they're going to say Joel didn't have a great game. But you could see from what it was from the jump, again, doubles, triples, every time he touches the ball, he really couldn't get many shots off. I think he had seven field goal attempts in the first half, um, and the rest of the team made him pay. The Nets' strategy is just not going to work. Mikel Bridges had 23 points in the first half. He had he finished the game with 30. We made a mid-game adjustment. I thought, you know, the fear that I had coming into this game is the same fear that I had uh, with the Sixers team against a lot of teams this year is the ball screen defense. And in the first half, they were kind of doing what I feared that they were going to do, which was drop coverage on ball screens. And Mikel Bridges was coming around screens, getting wide open shots. Seth Curry was coming around screens, getting wide open shots. And we adjusted the thing that I haven't seen us really do this season. You know, Zach Levine drops 44 on 11 three-pointers. Uh, CJ McCollum dropped 41 on, on 10 three-pointers, something like that, because we didn't adjust in the second half of those regular season games. We adjusted in the second half of this game. We started bringing Joel more towards the three-point line on the screens. And all of a sudden, you know, really flashing. A lot of times I saw doubles on Mikel Bridges, which again, shout out to Mikel Bridges. This kid is, is going to be a star. And the fact that he's getting double teamed in the playoffs says a lot about his game and the potential that he brings to to a team. And I think the Nets, you know, in the in the the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant debacle disaster, which I predicted from a mile away, Eastwood's right again. Uh, they got Mikel Bridges out of it. So shout out to Mikel. But yeah, we we started doubling him because what do the Nets really have? If Mikel Bridges is going off for twenty three points in the first quarter. Okay, let's just take him out of the game. Let's just play higher up on the on the screens. Let's start flashing around the screens and making him get rid of the ball. Who else is going to score? Spencer Dinwiddie? Come on, man. Royce O'Neal? Who? Someone tell me. So I like the adjustment uh, to Mikel Bridges. 23 points in the first half, only seven in the second half. We took him out of the game, and the Nets had nothing else, and, and that in the fourth quarter, it was over. So... Shout out to Doc Rivers for his lineups in this game and the adjustments uh, in the second half defensively on Mikel Bridges.
test me Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley Test me, test me, test me, test me, test me.